Boston Celtics put together two big wins over two bad teams, but we'll take it. Take anything we can get at this point, right? On a Monday, Locked On Celtics. Millie's, let's go. back with the vengeance All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talk about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine, whatever it is that you're doing right here at this moment. I'm very happy to be a part of your day for at least a little bit here and hopefully making your day a little bit brighter. I'm John Corrales. I host this show Monday through Friday, so if you're a new listener, that's where you're going to get a daily podcast out of me Monday through Friday directly to your device if you subscribe. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. You can subscribe. With the promo code Corrales, that gets you five bucks off, and that works out to be about three bucks a month. Not even. I think it's worth it, and you get all Boston sports coverage, too, if you want it. I'm also the author of the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, a book now available at booksellers everywhere, so please go ahead and buy my book. I'm going to have a book signing in about three weeks, so check me out there. I'll be tweeting and all that stuff about it. All right, so the Celtics come out. This weekend, get two necessary wins over the Houston Rockets and the Charlotte Hornets. Eh, okay. So it's it's the Rockets. It's the Hornets. Uh, Hornets without uh, Gordon Hayward, without LaMelo Ball, without Malik Monk. So they're not like the Hornets that have been surprising everybody this year. This is a much different Hornets team. And look, the Celtics did what they had to do. 116-86 over the Hornets. They beat the Rockets 118-102. Great. So, what I'm going to do in this show, just a little bit about those wins. In the second segment, Robert Williams over those two games has just been awesome. So, I'm going to revisit the conversation I had last week about starting and and all of the other stuff here about Robert Williams. And then, segment three, some interesting statistics about the Celtics' completely remade offense. All of this is brought to you by Rock Auto. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. So going back to Friday, Celtics beat a bad team. Houston Rockets are a bad team, but okay. So they did what they had to do, right? They came out in the second half. They played great. Uh, Robert Williams was awesome. They they were um, – the, it, it, was, it was a pretty complete win. They got – 20-point games out of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, and Evan Fournier in that one. And it didn't even matter that Kemba Walker only scored 11 points. A nice a nice uh, development there. Against the Charlotte Hornets on Sunday night, the Celtics got a, a, a very balanced performance. 22 points from Tatum, 17 each from Jalen Brown and Evan Fournier. 16 from Rob, 12 each from Smart and Kemba. Look at this performance and you say, all right, so they beat bad teams, big deal. Uh, Especially against Charlotte, what we had was almost a perfect game. 
to me because they did everything that they were supposed to do. They blew out a shorthanded team, minus the first quarter where it was tight. Second and third quarters against the, the Hornets were complete domination. Charlotte led by one after the first quarter. Boston outscored Charlotte 33-17 to in the second and 40-27 to in the third. The fourth was all garbage time. So they blew out a shorthanded team, missing three players. They generate a ton of good looks on offense. They forced turnovers and got points off of those turnovers, 17 turnovers and 15 points. And all of their core players play 28 minutes or less. That's exactly what you want out of a game like this. But what they really did was just bomb away from three. And this is going to be part of the conversation in the third segment. But against Charlotte, 21 of 54. 54 is one shy of their season high. 21 is two shy of their uh, season high. They shot 17 of 41 in the Houston game for 41.5%. They shot 30, just about 39% against the Rockets. Both of those numbers above their, their season average. They're, they're, this is their, their offense now. It's a ball movement. We saw ball movement. 35 assists against Houston. 29 assists against Charlotte. Obviously, part of that is, is threes falling. Robert Williams, every single one of his assists. He had 20 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists against Houston. Every one of his assists against Houston were for three-pointers. So he scored 20 and assisted on 24 points. So he was responsible for 44 points directly. And like I said, all of them three-pointers. So that's, yes, those were assists, right? Like he handed the ball to a guy and he shot it and they went in. Uh, One of those assists went to Kemba. Three of them went to Marcus Smart against Houston. Four of them went to Evan Fournier. And Fournier went went off in that Houston game. Uh, was it five threes in the in the fourth quarter? I mean, he just six. He just kept banging them one after another, after another, after another. Finished seven of eleven. Yeah, six of those threes came in the fourth quarter. It was just a barrage. Um, and four of those assists were from Robert Williams. So. Rob playing great. Ball movement is great with Rob in the in the starting lineup, and I'll talk about that in the second second segment. But he's he's making the right plays. He's making the he's making quick decisions. Him in the starting lineup has been has been really really good. Um, and Evan Fournier off the bench over the past couple of games has been really really good. And one thing that really stands out is if you're just going to keep Evan Fournier coming off the bench, it kind of erases some of the, the, um, the lulls. Like if you have a guy like him who can fill it up, just the threat of him opens things up a little bit, but him being able to make baskets is, is a huge development. Who have the Celtics had coming off the bench that can put it in like he does? No one. So, Fournier has been over the past couple of games uh, revealing himself to be a very, at least in the short term, critical pickup. Now, he only got nine shots against Charlotte and he got 13 against Houston. That That's good. Nine shots is not enough. And Brad Stevens has said that's not enough. But 
who who's going to be taking the shots? You'd still need other guys. Like, okay, maybe Peyton Pritchard shouldn't be taking eight. Uh, Romeo Langford, he got garbage time. Those Some of those are garbage time numbers too, so it's hard to, to really kind of say, okay, maybe this guy shouldn't have shot, this guy shouldn't have shot. You know, look at the shot distribution against the Charlotte Hornets. Jason Tatum had 15. Jalen Brown had 13. Kemba had 12. These are all good numbers. Robert Williams had nine. Smart had eight. Fournier had nine. Like, the, for playing 28, 27, 26 minutes, that, those are all good numbers. Uh, Marcus Smart, I got to mention Marcus Smart here, uh, against the, the, the Rockets especially, but in the past two games has been just kind of back to Marcus Smart. He's defending a lot better. He's, he's moving the ball. He's passing the ball. The passing against Houston was just great. He's been passing the ball extraordinarily well, throwing alley-oops. Just, he, he's back to kind of like being Marcus Smart. And, and of course, like, why? Why is all this happening? And I should mention, like, of course, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have been great. Like, they've just been able to be their normal selves. And Jalen, 22 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, two steals against Houston and against Charlotte, 6 of 13, 5 of 8 from 3, 17.6 rebounds. Tatum against Houston, 26 points to lead the team, uh, 53% shooting, 9 rebounds, a block against Charlotte, 22 points to lead the team, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, shot 53, uh, 53.3%. Just an overall, like those two guys are going to be awesome. Why, why is all of this happening now? Part of it is the opponent, yeah. Sure. Part of it is that they're home. They haven't been on a plane in a week. So, no, this, you know, okay, I got to wake up to travel, go to this city, sit in this hotel, blah, be bored. Next, okay, travel tomorrow. Go. It's not like game, travel, game, travel, game, travel. This is like game, go home, all of your stuff's around, your family is around, your girlfriends or wives, everybody's around. Like, it's just normal that definitely has something to do with it. Funny that these guys have a little bit more energy when this is the case, right? So this this gives me hope. This this is encouraging because this is more more of what we're going to expect come playoff time. Just looking for little signs, looking for little signs. I know there's been a lot of doom and gloom lately, and for good reason. Like the the Dallas, the loss to Dallas was disheartening. And everybody was pissed off after that. You take a step back and you say, okay, you're still within reach and there's whatever you like. You don't want to go through the same spiel again, but like playoff time comes around, you play a series. You're in a city for multiple days. You go in. If your game one is on Monday, you travel Sunday. You're there Monday. You stay on Tuesday. You play on Wednesday. Then Thursday you travel. Friday's a day off because you get two days off of in the unless they condense the playoff schedule. But normally you get two days off in between cities. Then you're home for a couple of games. That is just a much different schedule than what the Celtics have been on. If guys who have COVID who have had COVID are over it, and if the other guys get vaccinated and, and the COVID thing might be eliminated. Then, hey, look, I'm just saying the playoffs are a little bit of a different animal. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Hey, before I do that, just got to mention, Romeo Langford played. He exists. 
He played 12 minutes. He was fine. He hit a three. Nothing special. Uh, but I'll talk a little bit more about that after the break. After I tell you about Bet Online, the best place to place your bets, whatever it is that you're looking to bet on. Uh, NBA, obviously, the there's a national championship game that uh, you can still bet on. Women just wrapped up. Uh, baseball is back. Hockey is back. So there's a ton that you can bet on. And if you go to Bet Online, you can lay your bets down on anything, even award shows, TV shows, reality TV. Uh, they've got you covered for news, scores, odds. Uh, if you go to your mobile device, the website, go to betonline.ag, sign up today, use promo code Locked On, you'll get fifty percent as a welcome bonus. So, deposit two hundred, get a hundred dollar welcome bonus. That's how it works at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels, LO Celtics on Twitter and Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Locked On Today is the podcast that gets you all of the sports news you need to know in less than 20 minutes with host Peter Bukowski and our local experts. Every league, every big story, it's all on Locked On Today. So subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. One, one thing I just want to quickly mention about Romeo Langford. He, he mentioned his COVID, his fight with COVID. It was, I just want to express for, for everybody that was saying things about Romeo. This was a bad, a bad case. Like he still can't smell things. He lost his smell and taste. He had really bad symptoms for about four or five days. He was not allowed to do anything for two weeks. He's just starting to feel better. Like, He's he's a young guy who's in great shape, and even he was impacted harshly with this. So, just I just want to put that out there that, that this was serious. This was a serious thing that he went through. All right, but he's back. He you know, like I said, he he was okay. So now let me revisit the the Robert Williams stardom, don't stardom, all of that stuff. Looking at the the past couple of games and. When I talked about the start Rob, don't start Rob, it was about the best way to maximize his ability. How are you maximizing him? Is it better off the bench? Is he going to give you more as a player off the bench when Tristan Thompson comes back and he's healthy? And there's still a question about, and it mostly centers around Tristan Thompson. How is Tristan Thompson most, I think, uh, effectively used? Now is is he going to be a ball mover like he has been like like Robert Williams has been if he's a starter? I don't know about that. And if he if he can be, then great. But I don't know if he's making the same plays that Rob is. And this is this is where I'm. I was like, huh. I don't know. Where do you go with this? I, I want Rob to be a hundred percent effective. And if he's if he's attacking the rim. And catching lobs, then that's one way that he's super, super effective. When I first brought this up, he wasn't really doing that with the starting group. Now he kind of is. And that was always part of the caveat. When I wrote the story on Boston Sports Journal, that's like the easy that was the hey, this is gonna be the easiest thing. And I just wasn't sure if they were gonna be able to do it without practice, without the 
you know, training camp and all that stuff. But he's he's scoring. He's like I said, had twenty points the other night. Had sixteen against the um, against the Hornets. Sixteen points, eight rebounds, two assists, two steals. Like another great night for him. And I had mentioned maybe even bringing Marcus Smart off of the bench and pairing Marcus Smart with Robert Williams. I'm looking at these guys now and the way this offense has been humming. And if this is going to be how it goes, then I don't want to change anything. Like, I'm not so arrogant as to say, like, oh, well, hey, let's still try it. Like, if this is going to be how it goes, then Tristan Thompson better figure it out. Like, (laughs) if I'm Brad Stevens and this is how the offense looks and it finally is getting to where you want it to be, and Tristan Thompson is like, yeah, I should be starting. Like, look, after all that we've been through, just – Relax, get on the bench, and do what you do off the bench. You'll get plenty of minutes. Don't worry about it. You could probably score a little bit more off the bench if you want. Maybe that's the best place for Tristan Thompson anyway. Instead of him scoring and taking away shots from Tatum and Brown and Kemba and and whatever, maybe him doing what he does off offensive rebounds when some other guys who are on the bench are on the floor, maybe, maybe that's fine. Maybe that's fine. But looking at how this team has been playing, and their their defense is very much keyed by their offense, right? If they're playing well offensively, they're going to play good defensively. And if they're not, if the shots aren't falling, the defense is going to suffer. So I, I think that Rob has been uh, not just passing and assisting, but recognizing what what needs to be done on the floor setting good picks not just passing to you know for the assist but moving the ball not holding on to it and saying okay I'm going to let me see what I want to do here he just is waiting for a guy to get open and boom that guy gets the ball and the, it's the quick decision making even even if Tristan Thompson can start making those passes Unless he's making them with the same quickness, and that's just not him. He's not a passer. We just busted his balls for not passing. So I just don't see that being the case. Now, if that's not going to be the case, then how do you maximize everybody? You maximize Robert Williams by making sure that he's moving the ball in that offense, and guys are getting rewarded for cutting. That's the, We have seen guys cut like crazy in this offense, it's just been fun to watch. And so when you look at the new makeup of this team with now Evan Fournier coming off the bench and Romeo Langford maybe being an option soon, now things are a little bit different. Fournier's been effective in these two games. If Fournier's going to be comfortable coming off the bench, then Fournier can be, and he can be in the closing lineup, depending on how it goes, but Fournier coming off the bench, maybe with Thompson, maybe with Romeo, and you keep two of the starters in there, and you know it's, it's Fournier with Jalen Brown, Romeo Langford, Tristan Thompson, and Kemba Walker. Or if Kemba's not playing on a back-to-back, you know, whoever, is it Grant, is it somebody else, well, whichever. That, that could work because now Fournier is a threat. Romeo is a defender. Tristan Thompson should be a defender. 
Jalen's a defender, but also a scorer. So you get two scorers there. Fournier can handle the ball. Jalen can handle it a little bit. Uh, you can initiate the offense with with Fournier. It's if you depending on who that fifth person is, and it would be situational off the bench. That's that's fine because coming around the other way, maybe you leave Smart in the game at that point. Um, maybe that's just enough. Because look, when the playoffs roll around, it, you're you're not going any more than three or four deep off of your bench anyway. So you, there's no need to overthink. Like, hey, maybe we can get ten more minutes for Aaron Neesmith. Like now, the 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 clamoring for Aaron Neesmith is going to kind of go away, and Luke Cornett can maybe pick up a couple of minutes, and Peyton Pritchard can pick up a couple of minutes here and there if they need to. But if you start. Smart, Kemba, Tatum, Brown, Robert Williams. And then first sub, Jason comes out because that's what he generally does. Fournier comes in. And maybe Smart comes out. Smart or Kemba, one of those two guys comes out. The other one stays on the floor. Now you have a point guard. You've got Fournier. Maybe Rob comes out early. Tristan Thompson comes in. And Romeo is is in the game too. So you got a point guard, Romeo, Fournier, Tristan Thompson, and Jalen Brown. That's for a second unit for a little stretch there at the end of the first. That's okay because now Tatum comes back in, and he's coming back in with Kemba, you know, or and 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 they're coming in with Robert Williams, and you can kind of start to mix and match match a little bit. You can go small. You can throw you can throw Grant at the five depending on the matchup. It's a it's it's starting to snap into place a little bit basically. It's starting to say okay, th- this is starting to make more sense because if you've got Romeo in there as a a wing defender and he's 6'7 and Fournier 6'7 and y- you now have switchable wings all the time off of the bench or on the floor, that's that just changes the dynamic so much. It's it's not a bad one. It's still not going to be like you're not going to be favored against Brooklyn. You're not going to be favored against uh, Milwaukee, you know, or Philly. But who knows? You might surprise somebody. So I'm looking at this, and things are starting to snap into place. And depending on how they play with this remade offense, th- they could be better than the the sum of their parts so to speak. I'm going to read you some stats up next that are really going to highlight that. This show is brought to you by Built Bar. You know Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. They uh, just crowned their their best tasting uh, Built Bar, but you can try them all. They're all there for you at BuiltBar.com. They're all low calorie, low carbs, low sugar, high pr- protein, high fiber, if you're on one of those keto diets, it's perfect for you. Uh, you know, my favorite's been peanut butter. I feel like it's been overlooked in this tournament, but 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 net carbs. You can't beat that for a protein bar after a workout or maybe as a, a snack in between meals or a snack on the go, maybe a quick breakfast. You know, a built bar with banana and a, and a coffee for me does the trick if I'm in a hurry. So check them out. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off your next order. 
Locked 15. Anytime you go, use it. So you can get one of those assorted boxes, pick one flavor, go back next time, use Locked 15 again. It's going to work. It'll be there time and time again. So check them out at BuiltBar.com. Rock Auto is the place to go for any of your auto needs. Uh, I had somebody DM me a couple weeks ago, said that his mechanic was recommending a $1,000 piece for uh, a headlight assembly thing, uh, which I I wouldn't even know how to even look for that. But he did, and he went on RockAuto.com, and it was 400 bucks. Saved himself $600. $600. It's a huge, huge save. So if you want something complicated for your car, Rock Auto has it. If you want something simple, which is why I go to RockAuto.com, get some new wipers, get some new floor mats. The winter is, is basically over now. We're in April. All that snow and stuff, you don't need that on your car. You, you know, you're not going to be tracking that into your car anymore. Get some new floor mats. Spray, you know, spruce up the thing. Go to rockauto.com, check out their unique and very easy to navigate catalog to see everything that's available. The prices are reliably low. You're not going to get different prices for pros and do-it-yourselfers like some of these other uh, brick-and-mortar shops. You're going to have everything that you're looking for and not just what they stock. It's it's much better to go to rockauto.com. And when you do, and when you do buy something, write Locked On in there, how did you hear about us, box so they know that we sent you. It's very important that you do that. That's how they know we sent you. Right? Like the locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? It's an amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Celtics wherever you get podcasts or follow us on Spotify. You saw Jalen Suggs hit that. Uh, game-winning three to get Gonzaga into the national championship game, you might, might you might be saying, I want to know more about this guy. So check out the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. They've got scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow Locked On NBA Draft on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I mentioned earlier about the the Celtics remade offense, and it's it's really been... Uh, retooled. The Celtics now are a single big instead of going double big. Uh, and it's very much focused on cutting, uh, dribble handoffs, uh, ball movement, quick decision making. Like they've really hammered that point home. And I remember asking Brad Stevens a month or longer ago saying, you know, you, you guys never cut. There's never any backdoor cuts with you guys. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's not how I want to play. It's not how we want to play. Uh, might have to force it a little bit. Well, here we are. They're they're forcing it uh, a little bit because the ball is is popping, and now the Celtics, as of right now, have the league's twelfth offense, twelfth ranked offense at one thirteen point four. But since the All Star game, post All Star, they are eighth at one fifteen point four. So their offense has gotten better scoring 115.4 points per 100 possessions. Uh, I looked up some stats. I wrote a a story on Boston Sports Journal about the Celtics have their offensive blueprint. And I tweeted out a bunch of stats. So one set of stats that really stands out is the Celtics have averaged 
286.4 passes per game this season. That's 16th overall. In February, when they were just crashing, they averaged 281.7, so five fewer. In March, they were up to 294.5, so eighth in the league in March. In two games uh, before this game against Charlotte, so the prior two games to that, where the Celtics offense was really, where it really looked good. Now, the tracking numbers weren't tabulated for the Charlotte game, but I'm going to assume because it looked as good as it did in those prior two games that it's somewhere similar. So after a March where it was 295.4 passes per game, in the two games coming into the Charlotte game, they had passed the ball 318 times. So a team that has averaged 286.4 for the season and in February was at 281.7, they are now up to 318. The ball is moving. Now forget the assist numbers for a minute because the assists do depend on shots falling. The passes for now is what I want to look at. Here's another number though. We're going to tie it all together. The Celtics averaged 23.2 paint touches. Okay. In the two games where they passed the ball 318 times, they went up to 34 paint touches, 11 more paint touches in those games. But it's not because the passing allowed them to drive more. As a matter of fact, the Celtics who averaged 46.6 drives per game only drove the ball 29 times in those two games where the ball was passed 318 times. Because if you think about it, if you're not driving the ball, you're passing the ball. They got the paint touches because guys were getting backdoor cuts and they were laying it in. Or the ball was being passed into the paint and then kicked out. So they didn't have to drive with the dribble. They got it into the paint with the passing. So those numbers really highlight where the Celtics have improved over the past week, past few days. That's a big deal to me because what that does is you say, okay, well, that was against Charlotte and that was against Houston and you know Dallas, uh, that frustrating game. Okay, yeah, sure. But that was also a blowout of Charlotte and running away with it against Houston. So sure, the competition was bad, But when you play like that, you're supposed to blow out those teams. And they did blow Charlotte. They blew the doors off of Charlotte. And so that's an encouraging sign because you play the right way and then you get the right result. It's not like, oh, they looked better and they beat Charlotte. Eh, It was a close game, but they still got the win. No, they dominated Charlotte in a way that they should have. It looked like a good team beating up on a bad team for, for once, right? But sure, there, the competition was bad. Fine. Let's look at more of the remade offense. Stats that show you how much this offense has been remade. Pre-All-Star, the Celtics were 22nd in the league, taking 32.7 three-pointers per game. And 20th in the league, making 12.2. They shot that 37.3%. Since the All-Star break... Fourth in the league in three-point attempts, 41.6. They're taking nine more per game. They're making a little bit more than three more per game 
15.6, third in the league, shooting 37.6%, percentage basically untouched. With the increase in shooting, percentage is still pretty good. Four games in April, they shot 47.5 three-pointers, more than the Utah Jazz, who have now famously been become known for just chucking up a ton of threes. The Celtics are on that level. All of the stuff that Utah, all of the uh, the the plaudits that they got for you know Quinn Snyder remaking that offense, all of the praise that they got for joining modern NBA, the Celtics have now like done the same thing, right? This the in April, forty-seven and a half three pointers per game, nineteen makes, forty percent. So they're a little hot from three, but if they do regress, the 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 mean is thirty-seven and a half percent. So they're only two and a half percent above their level. So it's not like it's a flood of three pointers. This is a couple more. And by taking so many, you're just giving yourself a chance to score more points. Pre-All-Star, 13.2 of those were wide open, according to NBA tracking data, which we know is not always accurate, but it's what we have. 13.2 open, which is four to six feet, defenders four to six feet away. Wide open, six plus feet, 13.4. Post-All-Star, 16.7 per game open, 15.8 wide open. They're generating more open shots. Because of the ball movement, they're getting more shots in the in the restricted area. Two more per game, shooting it slightly better. Uh, they're actually taking three more per game, making two more per game in the restricted area. They're not taking more shots. It's all coming from the mid range. Pre All Star, six mid range shots since the All Star break. Three point seven mid mid range mid range makes. They're taking four fewer. The pace is basically the same. They're not taking any more shots. It's it's all just a reallocation of the offense. So we take into account that the Celtics' focus on offense has changed. And now, with a little bit of help and some trade reinforcements off the bench, we're starting to see some of this come through. Some of these nights, the threes aren't going to fall. But... A common retort is, hey, live by the three, die by the three. Well, that might as well be the NBA's logo at this point, the NBA's motto at this point, because everybody's living and dying by the three. And yeah, one of the criticisms is the team that gets hot from three or the team that makes the most is the team that's going to win the game. But the Celtics are at a point here where they're they're shooting them on a level with the best teams in the league. This this level of offense is going to help them because the defenses are going to be bad this year. The defenses in, in the NBA this year are just generally bad. The best defense in the NBA is, in fact, let me, let me just pull this up real quick because the, the numbers have been kind of out of control. The number one defense in the league is the LA Lakers at 105.6. Still hanging around. Uh, at the top, at, at at that 106 number. So they're giving up 106 points per 100 possessions. That's, in any other year, <laughs> that's not a good defense. The best defenses in this modern era 
have historically been somebody that uh, some teams that give up about a hundred, you know, one Oh one go back a little bit, 98, like 106 points per 100 possessions. You're, you're not a good defensive team. Relatively speaking, they are compared to like the worst defensive team is the Kings and they're giving up 118 and the Celtics are now middle of the pack, which is actually pretty good for them this year. They've been really low, but at 111.7, that's not great either. But at least they've got a positive net rating, plus 1.7. Now, since the All-Star break, let's see how the defenses have looked. Now, the Sixers are, are at 103.5. They're the next opponent. That's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Um, and they've got a 8.3 net rating. The Celtics' defense has been 17th since the All-Star break. Not great, but middle of the pack. They've got a 3.6 net rating because that offense has been better. So, But the Celtics' defense flows off of that offense. So I, I feel like this remade offense is going to be part of a kind of – it's going to trickle over to the defense. We're going to start seeing those improvements defensively. And if Romeo Langford can be helpful and if uh, Evan Fournier can pick up some things and just switch – I'm not asking him to lock anybody down, but just know when to switch and and figure that stuff out. Then maybe the Celtics can get into, I don't know about a top 10 defense, but maybe closer to it. And now their their offense, like I said before, the since the All-Star break, the offense is at the eighth best uh, offense in the league. And if we just look at April, the Celtics have the fourth best offense in fact, the Celtics have the fifth best defense this month in April. Four games. That's that's meaningless. Like, don't put any stock into that. But uh, the Celtics' offense is popping. And look, I guess if we want to put any stock into anything, it's that the Celtics have an offense that's working and the defense is flowing off of that, like I've been saying. And their net rating is fourth best in the league over the past four games. So... Again, super, super small sample size. Don't make anything too crazy of it, but positive, positive stuff that's happening. Now, here's the key stretch. Philly, New York, Minnesota. New York on a back-to-back. Can the Celtics get two of three here? Can they get three of three? If the Celtics get all three, then watch out. If the Celtics beat Philly, then you're going you're gonna to see people go, oh, Interesting. Okay. All right. Let's see. If they beat the Knicks, it's going to be like, huh. So four in a row, climbing in the standings. You just beat Philly and New York on a back-to-back. One of those games not going to have Kemba Walker. If you close it out by beating Minnesota, then you're going to start hearing people start start to talk about, ooh, watch for the Celtics. Watch for the Celtics. Philly could wax them and – the conversation changes. Completely possible. People might even say it's likely. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight that point. But just it's also possible that the Celtics are starting to figure things out. They're starting to play the right way. Brad Stevens has got a ton of evidence now that he can show these guys like, hey, look at what happens when you play the right way. We get to take fourth quarters off and yeah, that the the competition competition was bad, but you blew out the bad competition. And this style of play is going to give you a chance against the good competition. 
if you make them work defensively, that's a way to defend. That's the other, my final point of this podcast. Your offense, that ball movement, making the Sixers on Wednesday, uh, I'm sorry, on Tuesday, work defensively is a way to defend them because they're going to be tired. So just keep that in mind as well, that it's all connected, that a basketball game isn't two distinct sides of the floor, that it's all connected, it all flows. We've been talking about it all week, so subscribe to the podcast if you have not at this point. I hope you enjoyed it enough to hit that subscribe button wherever you are. This is going to be a free podcast Monday through Friday. You regular listeners, you know I love you. Thank you for all the good written reviews. Thank you for the five-star ratings. Cannot thank you enough. If you haven't, please help me out because that's how I get paid. I don't ask you for any money, but I do ask the advertisers for money. And the more people that listen, the, the more I make and the more podcasts I'll give you. So as long as we're all in on this together, then that's going to be a nice little deal. So I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. And I appreciate you sharing the podcast and telling your friends that they should be listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making Lockdown Celtics the number one Boston Celtics podcast on the planet.